I had a delayed processing, if I'm even being honest. It, it wasn't until I, I got to college, university, that I fully was able to process it. But back then, you know, as you know, as men, we're, we're often taught to just suppress our emotion. And I would just get so good at suppressing certain things because I wanted to bring joy or, or smile, right? And so I, I just I just knew something was going on, but I knew how to compartmentalize a lot. And we would wake up, you would hear someone get shot in the news or someone you looked up to is now missing or something like that, and you go to school. <laughs> and then you come back and we won't talk about it, but then the next day something else would happen and go to school. Uh, I remember in our early 90s um, when someone who has my middle name, uh, Abiola, won an election and all of a sudden the election was annulled and we were like, huh, okay. <laughs> and so it was, it was more of those things where things were just happening so rapidly. We get banned by United States or United Nations. Oh, and it would just sort of just take it and take it and take it. And obviously those things built up for a long time until they couldn't stay in my body anymore for, for a while. But when I was that young, I just took in the information, put them somewhere else, and then went to the next day. My name's Dr. Gary Crotez, award-winning author of The Idea Mindset. In this Unlock Micro Moment, you're hearing a short extract from one of my top guests, on the Unlock Moment podcast. Tyre Roxon calls himself a polymath in progress. He's a writer, speaker, consultant, podcaster, poet, professor, co-founder, and brand strategist at UYD Management, a strategic consulting firm that empowers organizations to incorporate sustainable diversity and inclusion practices. In this short extract, he talks about his philosophy in life and how a life event gave him remarkable clarity about the path ahead. Enjoy this Unlock Micro Moment with Tyre Roxon. And, and how did that impact your sense of having sort of st stable foundations growing up in that kind of environment? It, it, may, it played a big role. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest of three boys in, in Nigeria. If you're the oldest, you, you have a huge sense of responsibility. So I, I've always had, uh, you know, the responsibility of being a role model or at least setting some table. And I certainly failed a lot initially, uh, but that was just thrust upon me from such a young age that to me, I'm, I, this is where nature and nurture plays. I, I think my natural inclination is to want to lead. So I was, I was grateful that my nature and nurture aligned in that sense, but I was, that, the role it played was make sure everyone else is okay. Your brother's here and just make sure that you can, either distract them or at least set a good example of resilience. Now, upon reflecting, I could see the toxic elements of resilience in that sense, uh, but I can also see how going through all that helped me see you know, uh, the world through a unique lens and then build the positive type of resilience. And for the audience, I think the negative type of resilience and positive type of resilience are very subtle, right? The negative resilience will be when you are suppressing so much at the expense of yourself and you are saying, no, I'm just pushing through the tough times and there's no honesty there. And then the positive type of resilience would be, you know, you're going through hard times, you're acknowledging that they're hard times, but you still know that you can push through because inevitably you're going to get to where you want to get to, right? So one involves a level of honesty and dealing and sitting with emotions and the other just uh, involves evading them completely. 
almost 10 years ago, I was driving to work in my burgundy Toyota Camry at the time. And then I got to the part where the road merges into the highway and I was cruising down my lane, 60 miles an hour. And all of a sudden my lane gets cut into half. This neighboring car loses control. And then I'm swerving out of the way so I don't get hit. And I smash into the left guard, boom, right guard, boom, back and forth. I hit two cars. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I hit the left guardrail again, and, I, and I'm certain I'm about to flip over this bridge because of the impact. And adrenaline is kicking in. My my life is flashing before my eyes. And, I, and the only thought that came to my mind was, have you done everything you said you were going to do? All the things I'd been doing in secret, the books, the poems, uh, my ideas about social justice I've been writing, just experiences that I had been processing, whatever I'd been going through. They all came. I was like, you, you, Nelson Mandela and Oprah Winfrey, your role models, you haven't done anything. You're doing everything else based on what you think you're supposed to do, but you're not doing what you want to do. And I thought, wow, 22, this is it. <laughs> and adrenaline kicked in at the same time. And I just, I don't know, I just pushed through the car and I somehow got out of the car. And then I was standing in the middle of the highway and then debris everywhere, car zooming in and my car was completely totaled. But thankfully, Nothing happened to me and no one else was hurt. And, you know, I took it as a sign and I, it, it really was the moment where things unlocked. And I've said this to you before is I used to have that fear of failure and then it became fear of not achieving my potential because when, when you, you're faced with your mortality and you see who you could be and then you have no chance to be that person, it becomes this, this reminder to you that if you ever, you're ever given a second chance, do your best to get to that. that you know, pathway for yourself. Incredible story. And just reflecting as you're saying that, you were talking about negative resilience and positive resilience. And then here, really, you're saying negative fear and positive fear. That's a good observation. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, wow. Yeah, I like that. I, I think so, yeah, because to me, I don't think fear is a bad thing in and of itself, but what we do with that fear is what matters, right? And so... Sometimes people use fear to avoid themselves, and sometimes people use fear to see themselves, right? And so when you avoid yourself and you see yourself, it's a completely different reality uh, based on whatever the, the, the world is creating. And, and, and I think for once I was able to see myself. Even though I had gone through the several rejections and all those, and I, you know, it wasn't for lack of trying, you know, based on several thin, things like that, I got a second wind for some reason that said, regardless of whatever failures you have, you've had, and you've certainly tried, you've done everything you're supposed to do. There's still somewhere there and it might take you just having an unrelentless faith in yourself to push through because what would eventually happen for the next few years would actually bear that out. I, you know, more rejections were coming. <laughs> uh, brokenness was coming. All people weren't seeing all those things. But if I didn't get to that point where I had accepted that just because hardships come to you doesn't mean it's the end of the, of, of the journey. I don't know that I would have had the, the courage to continue. And when you're on the TEDx stage or on some other sort of speaking environment and, and you know, you're reaching so many more people, you know, with the podcast and the book and so on, you're reaching so many more people and you play that back to that moment in the, in, you know, you're sliding down the carriageway in, in the car and you're thinking, you know, have I achieved my potential? Now you reflect, 
Do you feel like you're achieving your potential? Do you feel like there's a load more to go you haven't even imagined yet? Oh, there's a lot more to go. I, I haven't scratched the surface, but I'm in the process of achieving it. I, I you know, I am um, the three industries I want to be able to to fundamentally disrupt are media, education, and workplaces, right? So education as a professor right now, I'm in the process of learning and putting it in my hours, right? So I can eventually learn the best way to redesign curriculums. With my workspaces, I've been doing this for a long time and making sure that I'm continuously coming up case studies that 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 can share. And then with media, there's a lot of I have a lot of goals I haven't achieved, right? Podcasting is one element, but I eventually want to be able to show run shows and write more books and tell stories that haven't been told. And I, I understand that it's all a process, right? That as I gather more stories, meet more people, those ideas will be sparked and the connections will be made. But for me, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited by whatever the possibility is, but I have I don't feel like I've even <laughs> grabbed anything yet because uh, there's so much to achieve. This has been an Unlock Micro Moment with writer, speaker, and podcaster, Tayo Roxon. Hope you enjoyed it. Find me on Instagram at Dr. Gary Crotaz and subscribe to this podcast to get notified about future episodes. Most listeners to this podcast on Apple and Spotify haven't yet hit the follow button. If there's one thing you can do right now to help me out, then please click the follow button. The more followers I have, the better guests I can attract for you to learn from. Thanks again for listening and join me again soon here on the Unlock Moment.